Well, no matter where you're watching from, I want you to raise your hand or, or put a thumbs up in the chat box if you're watching on the live platform if, if you've ever worried about something in your life. All of our hands should be up, by the way. My hand is up because all of us have worried about something. If you claim you've never worried about something, uh, you now have something to be worried about because you are a liar. And we all know where liars go, right? They go to work for the Patriots. <laughs> because, come on, you really didn't know the footballs had less air in them or you're filming the opposing team's sideline. I got to say, there's not many things I like about preaching to an empty room, but, but one of them is all my jokes are funny because I'm the only person in the room and I think they're funny. All of us have worried about something in life, all of us. I would even venture to guess in the last month or so, all of us have had some worry creep into our hearts and minds about something. And today, I want to talk to us about how we can fight worry in this life. If you're new here, by the way, my name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here. And, and yes, I hope it's not a disappointment for you, but I struggle. I fight worry in my life. No matter where you're joining us from, uh, whether you're on the live platform or watching on demand, thank you guys so much uh, for connecting with us today. Thank you as well to the amazing volunteers who led us in worship today. It was so awesome for me to see some volunteers' faces again, and they did a great job. Job, uh, leading us in worship of Jesus today. Our vision here at Element is to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. But it's awfully hard to experience life to the fullest when worry is weighing us down. And worry's a crazy thing, isn't it? Uh, worry's different than fear. I, I guess it's, it's a form of fear, but it's different than fear. Fear is our response to something that's actually happening. Worry is our response to the potential of something happening. For instance, uh, I made a deal with my wife during this time of isolation that as long as she couldn't go to the salon and get her hair cut, I would let my hair grow. This is the longest my hair's been in over 10 years. I normally shave it uh, every single week. But now as it grows out, I'm starting to get worried about how thin it's going to be on the top. My wife tells me there's a bald spot on the back of my head, but I'm not even going to look. I'm refusing to look at, at the bald spot. And what will I do if she can't get her hair cut here soon? Uh, I started to, to worry about what my hair is going to look like. Uh, it seemed like a good idea to stand in solidarity with my wife and let my hair grow, but now I, I'm worrying. I'm also growing my, my beard out, and so I got chia head going on, and my beard's about to be out of control. Uh, so, so what did I do? I, I started worrying about what I'm going to look like on camera when I'm preaching to you. Like, especially for new people, they're going to think, who is this guy preaching? Looks like he just came down from the mountains where he was for the last three or four weeks. Like when I started this whole process, uh, I, I wanted to look like this here. I wanted to look like Brad Pitt with a buzz cut. But I'm worried that I'm, I'm, I've got a trajectory of looking like this, a guy that's just completely out of control with his hair. Now, that's just one trivial example of how easy it is to, to worry about something in life. But the reality is we worry about everything, don't we? 
Like as human beings, we, we worry about what people think about us. We worry about our jobs, our finances, the future, the economy, our families. We worry about sickness and, and disease. Whatever it is, we as human beings have learned to worry in this life. Uh, Jesus talked about worry when he was doing his ministry here on the earth. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 and 27, he said this, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is no, that they can't add a single moment. And the Greek word that Jesus used there for, for worry is the same word we're going to see in our main scripture here in a little bit. It's a verb that means to be divided or be distracted. Uh, in fact, the, the English definition of the word worry is similar. It's this, allowing one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. So worry fixes our mind on the possibility of something bad happening in my life. It divides us or distracts us from, from keeping our eyes on, on Jesus. And this is why worry can be so dangerous for us. When our mind dwells on something, when our mind is fixed on something, what's another word for that? It's worship. It's worship. That leads right into our big idea today. Uh, no matter what kind of screen you're watching on, it'll be there for you to write down, and it's this. Worry is the worship of potential problems instead of trusting the one who promises peace. Worry is the worship of potential problems, something that might go wrong, instead of trusting the one who promises peace. And that one is Jesus. It's Jesus. In fact, Jesus in John 16, said this about peace. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And then again in John 14, 27, he says this, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Or in other words, don't worry. Every time we worry, we are essentially trading the worship of Jesus for the worship of a potential problem. That's challenging. It's challenging. You can see how, as Christians, this is a, a real threat to the full life that Jesus wants us to live. Now, I know that not everyone who's watching or listening believes in Jesus, and if that's you, that's your decision to make. As much as I would love to, to make that decision for you, I can't, but, but I, I can decide to love you and honor you regardless of what you believe. But even if you don't believe, even you have to admit that worry is not good for our well-being. Just not healthy. Worry distracts us. It, it can derail us. It can debilitate us in our life. It can become a form of worship 
of something other than Jesus. And listen, I admit, it's a fight to overcome worry. It is. Like so often the easy path is worry. It's worry. Like the temptation to worry is always there. But so are the tools to help fight it. There's tools to fight worry. That, that worry is the worship of potential problems instead of trusting the one that offers us peace. So the big question we have to answer today is this, how can I find peace in my worries? How can I find peace in my worries? The main scripture is Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. Philippians is in the New Testament portion of the Bible. It was written by a man named Saul. That was his Hebrew name. Uh, his Greek name is, is Paul. That's what we know him as. Uh, Saul was Jewish. He was part of the Pharisees, which was the same group that crucified, killed Jesus. Saul agreed with the killing of Jesus. And after Jesus rose from the dead, Saul went on a mission to arrest, torture, even kill people that followed Jesus. But one day Jesus appeared to Saul. Saul put his faith in Jesus, committed his life to follow him. He started using his Greek name, Paul, and became one of the greatest missionaries in all of Christian history. And sitting in a prison cell, Paul writes this letter to a group of Christians in a town called Philippi, hence the name Philippians, chapter 4, starting in verse 4, says this, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. In, in the previous chapter, chapter 3, verse 1, he puts it this way, Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. I do it to safeguard your faith. Isn't that awesome? To, to keep you from the worship of worry. So how can I find peace in my worries? The first thing Paul tells us to do is this, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Paul said, always be full of joy in the Lord. And I know what some of us are thinking. I know. Uh, we're thinking, well, I would be full of joy. I would rejoice if, like if my life was free of pain and problems or the potential of them, if I had an abundance of possessions, an abundance of provision, then, then I'd be full of joy then I would rejoice. But what happens when that stuff is not there? Remember, Paul was writing this from a prison cell. And it's not like prisons in America are the four seasons. I'm not saying that, but any prison we know of today, it pales in comparison to the kind of prison Paul would have been in. That's why Paul said, be full of joy in the Lord. Now, I know that word in is a, is a preposition, but look at what the helps word studies says about this Greek word used here, in. It's this, properly it means inside or within, but figuratively it means the state in which something operates from the inside 
or from within, operating from the inside or from within. If I told you that here in just a moment, you were going to be forced 20 feet underwater for 20 minutes, you'd start freaking out, right? Like you might hold your breath really well for 20 seconds, even a minute, maybe even up to two minutes if you had to, but there's no way you're holding your breath for, for 20 minutes. Now, I know that for some people, even this next thing is terrifying, so the illustration breaks down, every illustration breaks down at, at some point, but what if I told you that I was going to put you in, in this thing first? It's a personal submarine with an individual air supply to it. Like, check out this next picture. Like, how fun would that be? That looks incredible. So, so if I put you in that first, you'd be a lot more comfortable about being 20 feet underwater for, for 20 minutes. Why? It, because you're still underwater, but you're inside a personal submarine. That's what Paul is saying here. Always be full of joy. Always rejoice within the Lord. Rejoice inside the Lord. That, that I might be in prison, but I'm also in the Lord. I might have problems, but I'm also in the Lord. I might experience pain or have great need, but I'm also in the Lord. That, that my joy is not in my prison or in my freedom, not in my problems or lack thereof. My joy is not in my abundance of possessions or my alarming need. My joy is not in my pain or in my pleasure. My joy is in the Lord. It's inside of him. Therefore, I can choose to rejoice. If you were in the room, I'd ask for an amen, because that's some good preaching right there. Put amen in the chat box if you're watching on the live platform. I, I love the idea of that. that, that problems and pain, even pleasure and provision can all change in a moment, in a second. Like we've seen that. We're living that right now. It changed it changes rapidly. But the only thing that doesn't change, the only person that doesn't change, is Jesus, the Lord. Look at what Albert Barnes says in his commentary about this verse. It is the privilege of Christians to do this. Rejoice in the Lord. Not at certain periods or distant intervals, but at all times they may rejoice that there is a God and Savior. They may rejoice in the character, law, and government of God, in his promises and in communion with him. If everything else changes, and it will, the Lord does not change. If the sources of all other joy are dried up, and they will, this is not and there is not a moment of a Christian's life in which he will not be able to find joy in the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Joy in his promises, communion with him, his law and his government is what Barnes said. And where do we find these things? Where do we find the, the character, the law, the government of God? Where do we find communion with him? We find it in his word in scripture. 
Look at what Psalm 119, 143 says. As pressure and stress bear down on me, does that not describe the day we're in? As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy where? In your commands. I find joy in your word. So I want to help us as a church be in the word together. So starting tomorrow, I'm going to lead our church through a 22-day reading plan through Psalm 119. If you don't know, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It has 22 sections of eight verses a piece in each section. So starting tomorrow through May 18th, 22 days, we'll have one reading a day of eight verses a piece. One reading, eight verses each day. Then on my Facebook page every day, uh, of those 22 days, I will go live and just do a short thought on that scripture section for the day. You can download the scripture reading plan uh, both on the church's Facebook page and on my Facebook page starting today. We'll pin those to the top of our pages. So uh, my Facebook and the church Facebook is on the screens. It's elementchurch.life or Jeff G. Manis. Go to our Facebook pages. You can download the scripture reading plan and we'll start that tomorrow, uh, the, the day after uh, today, which will be April 27th, uh, we will start that reading plan. Worship. Worry is the worship of potential problems instead of trusting the one that promises peace. So how can I find peace in my worries? I got to rejoice in the Lord. Number two is this, release my needs to the Lord. Release my needs to the Lord. Paul says this in verses five and six. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Thanks, that helps a lot. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. I love the fact that, that Paul says, don't worry, pray. Tell God what you need. This, this hit me hard as I was preparing for this message that even as a pastor, I, I often forget this, that, that when I pray, when I tell God what I need, I'm not really informing him of anything he doesn't already know. It's not like Paul, Paul was saying, okay, guys, uh, God's got a lot on his plate right now. And the reason that you have so many things to worry about is he just doesn't know what's happening in your life. Like this whole pandemic thing caught him off guard. He didn't even know I was in prison until I Snapchatted him a picture of my chains. And he was like, bruh, you're in chains, question mark, question mark, question mark. Like if you just tell him what you need, his assistant will get it on his calendar and then he'll take care of it for you. That's not what Paul was saying. But isn't that how we often pray? As if we need to inform God? We act as if we are giving God some inside information that he wasn't otherwise privy to? No. Like God already knows my problems and potential ones. He already knows and he already cares. So why did Paul say, tell God what you need? That when you worry, tell God. 
This is so challenging for me, and it's so good for me. It's only when I tell God what I need that I release my needs to his control. It's only when I tell God what I need that I can release my needs to his control. Do you know where worry comes from? Worry comes from our need to control our needs. Isn't that good? Comes from our need to control, have our hands on controlling our needs. But when I pray, I'm releasing those needs to God's control. I'm saying, oh, okay, God, I, I, I can't change this, this thing that's causing me to worry. I can't change my problems, so I'm releasing it to you. You already know what I'm, I'm facing, and I'm just acknowledging that, that I can't control it. You are God, and I am not, so I surrender this thing to you. You might have to do that every day. You might have to do that multiple times a day about the same thing. That's why Paul says, don't worry about anything instead. That when you worry, pray. Tell God what you need. When you worry, pray. Why? Because prayer helps us release our needs to the Lord. Worry is the worship of potential problems instead of trusting the one that promises peace. So how can I have peace in my worries? I rejoice in the Lord. I release my needs to the Lord. Then verse seven says this, then. <laughs> right? this, is, this is an if-then equation, then. After I rejoice in the Lord, after I release my needs, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live, there's this word again, in Christ Jesus. So Jesus is our personal, spiritual submarine. We are in Christ. Remember, we read it earlier, Jesus said, the peace I give is a peace the world cannot give that his peace exceeds anything we can understand, that, that a worldly peace can only happen when all of our problems are gone, but a godly peace happens in the midst of our problems and worries. So how do I experience peace in my worries? Rejoice in the Lord, release my needs. Number three, rest in the Lord's peace. Rest in the Lord's peace peace. And where is his peace found? It's found in his presence. You see, the goal of our prayers should never be provision. That, that yes, we can and we should ask God to meet our needs, but the ultimate goal of prayer is not provision. The ultimate goal of prayer is the presence of Jesus. Drawing near to him. You, you see, when we worry, not if, but when. When we worry, God's not wanting to discipline us. Someone needs to hear that today. 
That when we worry, God's not wanting to discipline us. He's wanting to draw near to us because he knows that it's only in him I can rejoice. In him, I release my needs and in him, I rest in peace. So when I pray, I draw near to him and he draws near to me and I experience his presence, which gives me peace. When we worry, when we worry, The answer we're truly looking for is not our problem being solved. The answer we're truly looking for is Jesus. It's Jesus and his presence in the midst of my problems and worries. That's why we pray when we worry. Because when we pray, we draw near to him. If, if you are listening or you're watching and you are struggling with worry, there, there's two groups of people I want to, to address right now at the, at the end. The first one, those who are struggling with worry. I just want to pray for you. So if that's you and you're struggling with worry for whatever reason, pandemic related or not, I just want to pray for you in this moment that you would rejoice in the Lord, release your knees to him and that you could rest in his peace. So Father in heaven, right now, in the name of Jesus, wherever, wherever these people are watching or listening from, Lord, I know it's a fight with worry. It's a fight. But Lord, your word tells us, Paul says that we can experience peace that exceeds all understanding. So Lord, right now, for all who are, are battling worry, I pray that we'd rejoice in you that regardless of what we're facing, we are also in you, Lord. I pray that we'd release our needs to you, that yes, we're asking you to take these problems away, but we also are, are recognizing that we can't control it. So we surrender control to you. And Lord, I pray that when we rejoice and when we release them, We'd rest in your peace. Lord, would you give peace to every person who's seeking it today? Not peace in our circumstances, but peace in our soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Second group I want to talk to are those who have never experienced the peace of being forgiven of your sins. You see, if Jesus took away all your problems and all your worries, but you didn't have a relationship with him, it's worthless. Because we know from from scripture and the teaching of Jesus that if, if we die, if we pass from this earthly life without knowing him, we will be separated from God forever, an eternal separation. But God loved us so much, he sent Jesus, God in the flesh, he came as one of us. He, he modeled a perfect life for us. He, he died because of us paying the, uh, the price for our sins. But three days later, he rose victorious so that any one of us, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter what we've gone through, by faith in Jesus, our sins can be forgiven, our life made new, and we're gonna have power and peace to live our lives for him every single day. And then one day, one day, By our faith in Jesus, we will spend eternity, eternity with this God who gives us peace that exceeds all understanding. And by faith in him, you can can experience that today. So if that's you and you want to put your faith in Jesus for the very first time, just say this prayer silently. You can just pray this prayer in your heart 
to God. Father in heaven, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for my sins and rose from the dead and will one day return and take me to be with him forever. So Jesus, I believe in you. I confess all my sins to you. Everything I've ever done, Lord, I give it to you. Wash me clean, make me new, come into my heart. Live inside of me. I, I turn, I repent from my old way of living and I will choose to follow you in a new way. Give me power to follow you. Give me peace as I follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. I'll do my best to love you back. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer to ask Jesus into your heart, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. If you did pray that prayer, we want to celebrate with you and we want to give you some resources as well. If you're watching on the live platform, uh, there should be a little button to click that just says you're raising your hand, that you just put your faith in Jesus. If you did that, just click that button there. Also, if, you, if, you, uh, if you're not watching on the, the live platform, you can text the word one to the number on the screen. Text the word one to 414 zero, because we want to welcome you to the family. We are so proud of you and so excited for the life that you now have in Jesus. Listen, church, I love you guys so much. I thank you so much for connecting with us in this way today. I'm praying, I'm praying like crazy that God moves in a way that allows us to meet together in person soon. But until then, We'll keep on gathering like this. I love you. Have an awesome week. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.